From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Collins Sabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. Father, we're grateful for the cross. Thank you for the blood that was shed. Thank you for this session. Speak to our hearts. Affect our lives. In Jesus' precious name, somebody said amen. You may be seated, please. Welcome to the second session this um, afternoon. Uh, just about an hour and then we are done. We'll have a, um, we call a siesta. You call a siesta? In Spain and, you know, France, especially Italy, um, they, they work from, I think, about 7 to about 11. They have a long lunch. They have lunch, and they go and sleep. And they return around about 2 or 3 o'clock. Yeah, it's a long break. So their lunch always goes with wine. Yeah. So when you finish it, you drink it when you sleep. <laughs> then they come back at around 3 o'clock and they work till about 7. That's their, that's their normal working hours in France, Italy, and, and these places. So, you know, just a short session this afternoon. We close at 3. Is it 3? They close at 3, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we take a long break. We come back at 6 p.m. for for the, the, this one is, this is meat, milk will be tonight. <laughs> but I would say for anyone who uses milk is inexperienced. And so I'm sure those who couldn't make it this morning, the second session, will get a chance to be around. We are talking from speaking and teaching and encouraging you from Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 5 and then um, the scripture in Colossians how you can make full proof of your ministry. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. Make full proof. One thing that God has spoken to me about, and, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, it is not easy to start things. I mean... I am not, I'm not Guyanese. I wasn't born here. Um, I came in here 17 years ago. And I'm going around saying God says I should bring pastors and churches together for, for, to form a national association. I mean, you should know that, number one, since I'm not from here, a lot of people will say, who is the? Who is the? Who is the? He's not Guyanese. As they were insulting me on Facebook when I mentioned Kester's name in an, an, an illustration. Somebody typed there that they should check me. I'm probably not legal in the country. <laughs> it's true. I came in just last week. <laughs> backtrack. I came to the backtrack. <laughs> you get it. So it's not very simple to step into your place of ministry. Especially in a country where everything you say, you have to calculate it. Because when you, if you say something and people don't agree with you, then there's, there's this here. Like, no, no, no. 
in the days of Elijah, the days of Elisha and John the Baptist, prophetic ministry, you confront sin and confront things that are off. And we need something like, if Guyana is going to do well, we need some corrections. And the corrections won't come from God. It will come from preaching. It will come from God speaking through some men of God he will choose and he has chosen. And I have been saying that when God wants to do something new, he uses new people. Yeah. Because the scripture says that nobody puts old new wine in old wine skins. So if God is going to do something new, and God does uh, new things all the time. So anytime God wants to do something new, he, u- he uses somebody new. So if you are going to look at, oh, who is this? Where does he come from? So the task is a very, very difficult task. It's not a simple thing. Yeah. No man puts new wine into old wine bottles. Else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. Verse 38, Luke chapter 5, verse 38 says that what? Is it there? Or it's not there. But new wine must. Somebody say must. Yeah. So it means that when God is doing something new, he will never do it with old people. Not old people like in terms of age, but someone who he's already doing something with. He doesn't do new things with a person. So one thing that God has given me also, which we are preparing to do, um, we had a small meeting on Zoom the other day. I'm preparing to do a conference, a first conference maybe of this kind uh, in July. Pray with us. It's what I call Pastor's Kids Unlimited. God has given me another bedding for pastor's children. Because pastor's children, because we are pastors, it's not very easy to talk to our children. Because the I pass when you want to correct me, child. You get it? And because of that room and that gap that our children have, sometimes they are almost the, 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 the bad ones around. The very bad ones. But God wants to do something new in Guyana where pastor's children are concerned because many of the pastor's children are not even interested in ministry. I think about it. Many businesses are family businesses. Business that people earn money is family. It's, it's this and sons, this and daughters, this and that, like that, like that. It means that as a father is, is old and is, you know, going to go to heaven or wherever, he has children, he has sons who are in the business. One of his daughter is an accountant. He, she's the one taking care of the money. When it comes to ministry, it's totally different. Our children don't become pastors. They go to school, they do law, they do whatever. They go to America. And we are stuck in a church with other people's children. So God wants to start something new in Guyana by giving the pastor's children another chance. Because he's a God of covenant and his covenant goes from generation to generation. He says, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So if God is the God of me, then he must also be the God of my child. And my children, my, my child's child. So if I'm called, I'm, I'm shown mercy, and I've gotten the privilege to be called, then also, my child also must enjoy the calling. Hallelujah. 
as I'm moving around and doing this preaching, my child should grow up and also take up something like this. Instead of going to be, do rasta hair and take a bass guitar and be playing bass guitar like Bob Marley. You, you, you understand? Uh-huh. So that is another thing God has given me. And it's not a simple thing. It means that I am gathering pastors together and I'm gathering pastors' children. And then I have my, my, the own, my own church that, and I have pastors and I'm supposed to do practice. It's not a, and I'm a father, I'm a husband, and I'm my own person also, which I also need personal life. <laughs> but it is Second, Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. That's what we're looking at. That is the scripture. This is it. Make full proof of your ministry. How many of you believe that God has called you into ministry? How many of you believe that? Yeah, good, good, yeah, yeah. So if you believe it, then it is up to you to make full proof of it. Paul told Archippus, Colossians chapter 4 verse 7. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 7. So get ready. If you see it on Facebook, we're going to have a conference. Pastors Kids Plus. Pastors Kids Unlimited. It's only for pastors' children, age 12 and above. It's going to be powerful. I believe it. So if you have a past, if you're a pastor or you have, a, you have children, you know, you're going to send invitations out to all the pastors. If you release your children, it'll be a blessing. We want to, we want to turn the hearts of the children back to their fathers. <laughs> That's the whole plan. We can't be pastors and our children are out there punishing and, you know, they need ministry and, and they don't receive the ministry from their fathers because it's daddy. It's not pastor, it's daddy. And daddy is different from pastor. Yeah. And you need, so you need a pastor for your children. Every pastor needs a pastor for their children. Yeah. So my children, I have, I have three of them. Uh, my two daughters, they live abroad and they are under one of our churches there and they are inside the church with a pastor. Because when they were here going to school, the early days, I tell my daughter to come and sing. She said, Charlie, you are singing this morning. He said, oh, man, daddy, man, man, daddy, man, daddy. Oh. You sing, you say, man, daddy. I have to beg her to sing. When I tell honey, come and sing. She can't tell me, man, daddy. She, I will, I will sort her out immediately. <laughs> She's even blessed. She feels so happy to sing for me. But my own daughter, she said, man, daddy. Man, daddy, man. I feel like singing today. Hey! Yeah. Oh, honey can't say them things? Nah. <laughs> She has to come and sing and spoil the song. Even it's okay because, but she can't tell me she won't sing. No, she knows that. Wind up on them things. Wind up on singing. <laughs> my own daughter, my own son. My son, by the grace of God, he likes church. When it's church, he wakes up early. He prepares way before. Yeah. If it's anything else, you have to wake him up. <laughs> When he's school, you have to wake him up. You have to pull him from the bed, take his foot up, 
pull him down and say, boy, it's time to go to school. You come back five minutes, he's still covering himself up. He's still, but when he says church, you don't have to wake him up. Yeah, ready. Yeah, Sunday morning, hey. he doesn't joke with it at all. It's a blessing to have children who love God as well. Amen. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. That thou fulfill it. So we're saying that in fulfilling the ministry, just like our little testimony we're sharing with you with our, our, our trip here, um, God also have divine events that he uses to draw us to fruitfulness and to fulfillment. Because God is the only person who can tell you, go here, or do this, or pass here, or do that, or do this. Nobody, this is not your supervisor calling you. This is not your manager calling you. This is not your HM calling you. This is not your HAT. This is God himself who has called you into the ministry. And as, as, as he is the only one who will call you, who will, who will lead you. So the divine events, divine events, you know, if you look at an example like the King Saul, King Saul, you know King Saul? Yeah, King Saul. He, um, King Saul, if you look at the experience that led him to, um, to become king, his father's donkeys got lost. And so he decided to go and look for his father's donkeys. I'm coming close so you don't sleep after lunch. You know, after lunch, many people sleep. And so I want to I try and see if my walking around will keep you awake. Some people, as I move like that, their eyes closed. <laughs> King Saul's father's donkeys got lost. That was how he was divinely led to be anointed as king. His ministry started seemingly on the fact that his father lost his donkeys. Divine, divine, divine uh, event. So just as he and his servant went around looking for the donkeys, then the servant said, you know what? We've been looking around. We can't find the donkeys. Let's go and see a seer. I know a seer in town. There's a seer in Maria. Let's go and see him. He's caught somewhere. He will tell us where the donkeys are. Then... The servant told him about, he said, we can't go empty-handed. We have to take something with us as we go to look for the, for the um, um, to go and see the seer. So they, they organized some little something, and they went. And when they went, they met somewhere. They met somewhere. Uh, somewhere. And that is when God said, that is the next, this, this is the king. The king that they, my people are asking for, this is the person I have chosen to be king. It was just, the man was just, accidentally. It's like you come to this conference, this outreach here in this beautiful church. You were just asked to come. Oh, somebody invited you or your pastor brought you. But from this simple, almost so-called un- unsuspected, unexpected event, God is dropping something in your life, in your heart. Are you with me? I, I by the grace of God, I met my wife about a year and I left Ghana. I migrated to Europe. And I promised her, I said, I'm a man of my words. When I say yeah, Bible says, let your yeah be yeah. So I said, I like you, I want to marry you. She said, okay. So I traveled, I went, I went abroad. And um, it wasn't easy because I met a lot of women who like me too. 
But I remember I had told this young lady in Ghana that I, I like her and I will marry her. And I don't think that I wanted to tell her after three years that, girl, you know what? I liked you then, but I don't like you now. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to look like that in front of somebody I had promised. So, I lived in Europe for a few years, from 1990 to 19, um, by 94, 95. I married in 94. So, 1990, 1994, I went to officially, traditionally engage her in September. That's four years later. I saw a lot of beautiful women. But what kept me connected to her was my promise that I'll come back and marry you. Do you, do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> so I went back. It cost me a lot of money. I had to buy. I had to shop. I had to organize a whole traditional wedding and then went back December of 94 to do the wedding. It's a lot of money. Meanwhile, there was some where I was living who I didn't have to spend any money. They would come today. If I say I'm married, they would move into my house today. <laughs> but I took a long, 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 long way than the shortcut. Are you with me? Then... When I went to marry her, she was in a church that I was not in. She was in a church called Lighthouse Chapel International. And so when I went down to marry her, she said, we should go and see her pastor. Who is there? The one angel behind me there. So I went to see him. And uh, you know, he welcomed me and all of that. And he said, you know what? He has always wanted to start a church in Europe, Amsterdam, where I live. I said to myself, don't go there. I came to marry and marry and done. Then there was another apostle. You know, he, he lives in Brazil now. He's in charge of our church in Brazil. He was in the same office. Then he told me that I should leave my church and write my name in the name, come and write my name in Lighthouse Chapel. I said, well, is that is, is how you, you, you do things? You don't do things like that? I didn't mind him. And so, after the, um, so the, the, the pastor Bishop Dad told me, you know, I should go and pray about it, think about it. He wants to start a church in Holland. So after the wedding, honeymoon, everything, I came to marry and enjoy life. I didn't come to pray about anything. So I went, I went to marry, went to honeymoon, enjoy myself. You know, beautiful. And then when I was going back to Europe, my wife said, well, let's go and say bye-bye, you know. Because they organized a wedding. I was not in the, I was not in lighthouse. Organized a wedding. So I'm going to say thank you on your way out. I said, man, me one go. He said, no, you can't do that. Said, all right, all right. You know how wives behave. Said, all right, all right. Let me go. So I went, when I went, he had traveled. I said, thank you, Jesus. Because I don't want to see this man. He's bringing some church, church, starting a church in Holland. Mean they ponder. <laughs> so I was glad I didn't meet him and then I left one Wednesday I went for Bible study I was part of an assembly of God church there went to Bible study Wednesday came back home those are the days of answering machines when you call and you don't get a person then there's a recorder that picks up the call and then you record on the machine when I came my answering machine was blinking beep, beep, beep. when I pressed it hello Collins this is Pastor Doug I'm passing through Holland I'm going to Korea he was going to a church growth conference with Dr. Cho. And I, I want to see if I can meet you in the morning. My flight arrives at 6 o'clock. All right, so see you. I said, this man again. 
<laughs> I tell you. So, the morning, I had to tell my boss, you know, I can't make it. Went to uh, borrow a friend's car, vehicle, small vehicle. And I, I went to the airport to pick him up. When I went, it was himself and his wife. I said, hi, Collins, how are you? You know, nice man, talking nice, you know, spirit-filled. Uh, so, let's, can we go around? I said, yeah, no problem. So, I drove them around the city, Amsterdam, showed them around, took them to my house. You see where I lived? He prayed for me in the house. On our way to the airport, almost at the airport, he said, have you thought about... <laughs> because I, I re- he said, God really wants us to start a church here. Now, we had... We, oh, that's altar call. <laughs> now, we had had such a nice time that it was so difficult to say no. But I didn't like it. So I said, yes, without meaning it. And he said, wow, great. So we'll talk. And he left. When I dropped him, then I asked myself, Bye, what did happen? What did you tell the man? Do you realize what you told the man? That yes, he can come and start a church here and you'll be responsible? Have you thought about it? I went to the depression for one week. I tell you. One week I couldn't sleep. Because even in the city that I lived, there were a lot of uh, churches, you know, with immigrants, you know, people from Africa and all over, with so many problems. Every Sunday, people are fighting in the church. Sunday, who is not pulling out a gun for the offering? Or the, all kinds of confusion. And so, you know, I, I respected myself and I said, me one day in such business. There was a church. One day, when they took the offering like that, and they, they took it to the front, then the elders got up. Everybody was rushing for an offering bag. Yes. Come and see confusion in the church. The police came and closed down the church. Closed the building until investigations and then they, after a while they released it. Yeah. Confusion in the church is where I used to live in Europe, Amsterdam. So when Bishop Dag was bringing church, that's what I was imagining. People pulling a gun for the offering in the church and all of that. <laughs> I said, no, no, no. <laughs> so I said yes, not knowing what I'd said yes to. And so November of um, 1995, he came in in my living room. I had an apartment in my living room. He said, Collins, we are starting the church this Sunday. I said, what? So myself, I mean, it was so difficult to tell him, you know, man, pastor, you know, I I mean it so, you know, I, I, I couldn't. It was so difficult for me to say. But after the depression for one week, it settled in my heart. That was one thing that happened. After the one-week depression, it settled in my heart that I'd made the right decision. So he came um, in November 95. He came with Bishop Saki's assistant. And then I organized one or two people. And right there in my living room, I was there alone and my wife had not come. Sunday morning, he said, this is Lighthouse Chapel International, Amsterdam. We have started. He preached. We sang some songs. We took offering. He said the church has started. And then he left me. <laughs> I said, what? I didn't go to no Bible school. How do I do this? By the grace of God. By the grace of God. Now, it's divine events. I'm talking about the divine events. Because if my wife was not in the church, I wouldn't have been connected to him. So as I stand here, as my, it was my wife who was in the church, not me. Yes. <laughs> and if I didn't keep the promise, so all of that were divine, divine events. 
Because ladies and gentlemen, my first week in Amsterdam, we went to a party. I went to a party with my sisters. And my sisters, some, one woman asked them if I available. People were looking for man bad. Still looking for man. <laughs> and my sister said, no, no, I'm a young man. They don't want no confusion. No, 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 no. So, so if, if, it's, if it's like the relationship, then I had options. I didn't have to go back to Ghana to go and marry her, bring her back. It took me four years to be able to get her to join me in Europe. Four donkey years. I tell you. I tell you, donkey, real donkey years. You know what you hear? <laughs> the issues. The problems, the issues. I tell you, she goes for a visa and they deny her. I tell you, go here, pass here, they take her back. Oh, four donkey years, I tell you. Yeah, 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 it wasn't simple. But it's, it's the events, is the events that led me to, I didn't even know that I was called that way. I enjoyed helping in the church. I mean, my sound system was what we used to do party. Whenever there's a birthday party or some uh, christening or anything after church, we'll eat and drink. I will bring my system from the house. I was a DJ, one-man band. Church. <laughs> church. 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 Bashment, that's right. <laughs> that was the one. I'll bring my system. I'll play music, song after song. Nice selection. Then my pastor, I was a church secretary then. It was an Assemblies of God church in, in Amsterdam. Then one, 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 one time my pastor said, you know what? Brother Collins, you know, prepare something. You know, next week Sunday, share something with us. And I'll prepare something small, then I'll, I'll share it. Then maybe six months later, I said, my brother Collins, man, you know. But to step in there as a pastor, I never thought that that was my calling until I met this wonderful man. So that divine events leads you to your core. And like I was saying, when I first met him, no was a very difficult thing for me to tell. I, I was drawn to him. You know, and, and you are drawn to somebody so that the person can have a certain control over your life to lead you in a way. At the bus, we're drawn to the bus so that we will not control our lives. He will control us. But sometimes the hole that he will go in, when I finish going, I say, ah, but this poor, I could have avoided this hole. <laughs> but because we're behind him, we went to the same hole. I said, oh, I could have just gone to the right. It looks like the right was better. Because he went to the left, all of us took the left. So when you come, divine events bring you under somebody, then God takes you further. So drawing, divine drawing, John 6 44. It's John 6 44, we said, we read. John chapter 6, verse 44. The Bible says, if you are there with me, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. Ravi, I don't know what you say, but I met him in um, somewhere October, no, somewhere November 2005. He came to visit our church because his, his buddy buddy had started coming to our church then on, on Durban and High Street in Georgetown. That's when we had started a church. We started in August of 2005. And by September, October, Reverend Leary joined. And then he invited his buddy buddy to come. So he came with his keyboard in a bag around his body on a scrambler. He plays for this church. He was a church dangle. 
A real one. <laughs> he plays keyboard for this church. He's, he's a professional keyboardist. It's my little girl who has come to take the, 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 the crown. But he is a professional keyboardist. So the keyboard is around him like that on a scrambler. Broom, broom, broom. So he plays for this church in Boxton. Then he moves to this church and he plays. He used to go around, play, and collect money. Appointment. He deals with that deals appointment. <laughs> so he came to around November. And then we started fasting around December, like end of year fast. So he came and I said, you should join us. You should join us. He said, you got to put one, one thing together because, you know, you got to play for this church. You got to play for this church. You got to play for that church. I said, man, I don't, know what, I don't know the things I said, but somehow, you can't say no, right? He, he, there was a certain drawing. So I think a Sunday or two later, he started coming. And I said, you should bring his keyboard and play in the church. And after church, he shouldn't go to no church. He should stay right there. And I ain't giving him no money. <laughs> and and, and, and it, it all just fell into place. I, I didn't take a, a cane and say, Bye, bring, bring, go. No. He just, he, just, he just kind of obeyed what I told him. And then so from 2006, beginning of 2006, he became an established member of the church God had started. Since 2006, he has never missed a Sunday. There's not, I can't tell you a Sunday that this man did not come to church. Not a Sunday. Not a Sunday. And so he was my first assistant. When I'm going through alleyways and cracks to go and look for church members, he'll be the one I'll go with. Until God also called him. And he has moved with his wife from Georgetown to Babies, New Amsterdam, where he's pastoring our church in Babies. He's my bishop from Babies. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and it was so interesting because when he came, he came with about 10 other people. Sisters, sisters, children, cousins, and a whole family joined the church when he came. And we are still together up to today. There's something inside. There's, there's, it's a divine event, and the meeting is what has made him a pastor. He's here today because we met. Same thing. And Reverend Larry, the lady who invited him to our church, the lady left about three months later. And he stayed. And he has, he, at a point, he used to even live in the church. Because we, we, so, we are so afraid security and all of that. He lived in the church for a few years. And he has been with me for years. So, so there is what you call drawing. You don't know why, but people are attracted to you. And people whose minds are not correct will say that there's something inside. I don't know whether you come down. Am, am I gay? I don't know whether I feel you before. But I feel you before. No, no. It's a certain attraction. It's divine. The scripture says, no man can come to me. No man can come. No man can come. This young boy, he was 14 years old when he joined the church. He's a dancer. <laughs> he used to be an altar boy in the Anglican church. He used to go to the church with his mother. And then somebody, a sister invited him to our church. 14-year-old boy. First time I saw him, I said, that's a nice little boy. Then he'll go and do uh, altar boy walk. And then when they finish, then he come by, come by we in the church. 
Then the man, he said, Bye, you can't do that. Use Anglican and you remain Anglican. <laughs> and then he will give, you know, he will do quietly and come to church. Until a point, the man said, All right, you know, but you got to come with me first. Then you could go. Then that's what happened. How old are you now? He's 29. 15 years. He was 14 when he started coming to the church. He used to ride a bike. He'd ride a bike fast. <laughs> fast, 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 fast. Same thing. He has been, he's been with me in the office. He went to Bible school, came back. He's with me in the office everywhere, everywhere. Everybody knows him that where I am, that's where he's going to be. It's, it's spiritual. I mean, the mother, when the mother saw the relationship, then... That's, that's his sister. That's his sister right there. He's more Amerindian. This one is Bofiana, Bofiando, Bofianda, something. She's Amerindian. They're from Oriella. Then the mother, she joined at a point. She was playing fresh. She was playing hard to get, hard to get, hard to get. And then somehow, she was also connected. Then the mother, the mother said, what? You, you, you joining the boy. It's like, <laughs> what happened to him? You two is going to happen to you. And she has also been around. Pastoring, moving from place to place, starting churches, pastoring. It is, it is divine. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you examples. You see, these are practical examples that I have experienced and I'm still experiencing. People have been drawn to me because of God. The young lady there with a the computer, her big sister succeeded as one of my secretaries. The mother, her mother, it's not that her mother, does she like me now? You're not sure that the mother likes me now. Her mother hates me. Her mother hates me bad. They used, they used to call me icebreak people family. Family that doesn't exist anyway. When well, last you saw your father? So which family did I break? When I met her, she even had not seen her father for years. <laughs> Sorry? And she didn't see her father for years. So, which, so when people call people things, you, it's very fantastic. So her big sister was, my, was one of my secretaries. The mother didn't like how she was connected to the church. She tried all the way to break the relationship. It didn't, it didn't work. So when this one started, she said, nah, not this one. Not this one. Not this one. I'll not allow him to do to you what he did to my first child. Look at where she is. She's right here in Madia with me. <laughs> and the big sister is right. So you can't, when God is drawing somebody, you can't do anything. And it's divine. It's divine because when God calls a man, he, he brings helpers. Helpers. Yeah. Yeah. He's living in babies. He's a babishan. Total babishan. His father did it. He, he was, he's living with his father in his father's house. I am the one by the grace of God who has changed his life by the grace of God. I said, take, pack your bags. You're a teacher. You can teach in everywhere. As for teaching, it's a blessing. You can go anywhere and teach. In fact, the villages will even like you more because they, need, they lack teachers. I said, take your bag. Go to Babies. We bought a church building there. We need somebody stable. And I know that you are a very stable person. You've been with me for years. I can only have somebody like you in Babies. And he agreed to go with his wife. They are there, doing well. A blessed church. Oh, it's fantastic. It, the attraction is of God. Come on, Trovisia, my secretary, forgive thyself. She never liked me, you know. 
She came, someone invited her to the church. She said when she came to the church from day one, she never liked me. <laughs> She's my second. You shame? You shame yet? <laughs> she never, she said when she came, she said, I said, who's that? They never liked me. Can you believe it? That somebody invites her to the church and then the first feeling she gets is that she doesn't like the pastor. I like the man. If God calls you divinely, he will also connect people to you divinely. Do we believe that? Do we believe that thing? Yeah. Then I don't know when it changed, but she became so attached to my ministry that one night, I was driving in Georgetown. When I finished, when I closed from church, you know, I've been doing that for years. I'll ensure that the people around me, they are safe. So I drop this body here. I drop that body until I finally go home. That has been my, my, my lifestyle all these years. So I was dropping. I had my daughter in the car. And there were other two. One of my secretary and a treasurer. So I, I was dropping them first. And then myself and my daughter were going home. When I was going to drop the secretary, I realized that there was this vehicle following me. It was midnight in Georgetown. Norton Street, large area there. Midnight. I see this vehicle following me. So when I dropped the secretary, the car stopped behind me a few meters away from me. Stopped. Turned off his lights. When I moved, I was looking into my driving mirror. About two minutes later, the lights came back on. The vehicle was following me. So then I said, I think somebody is trying to follow me. So I went to drop the treasurer. The car was following me. When I stopped, the treasurer said, she's not going anywhere. That's Reverend East's big sister. She said, she's not going anywhere. Where I am, that's where she's going to be. She is not leaving the car. She wants to finish this story here. She ain't going nowhere. I said, girl, go home. I, I, right. I go. She said, no, she ain't going nowhere. So I look into the mirror. The car was parked far away from him. I moved. The car moved. Midnight, getting to 1 a.m. in the streets of Georgetown. What have I done? Who, who, who's going to kill me? Then I went to Mandela. I started speeding. The car also speeding after me. Hey, first time in my life. Now I said, let me drive into East La Penitence Police Station. When I drive in there, we'll see whether the person will follow me. When I go to the gate, the gate lock, 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 lock. <laughs> so I said, hey. I saw tonight, whoever wants to kill me is going to kill me. So I said, let me, I use another street. And then not so far, I had a taxi base. So the taxi, the car drivers were parked there. You know, a few of them were gaffing at that time of the night. And so I, 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 as I was heading there, I saw the vehicle was trying to overtake. So I said, no, 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 no. So I tried staying in the middle of the, of the road so that it doesn't come. So when I got to the taxi base, I stopped. Because I say, hey, okay, people are here, so whoever shoots me, they are witnesses. Then a car parked next to me. Window went down. I also rolled down my window. When I looked, it was her husband. He burst out laughing. Before I catch myself, he gone. I said, no, this guy's a madman. 
who follows a pastor at midnight around Georgetown phone like some murderer or something. So, a few days later, she asked me whether it's her husband. I said, yes, yeah, you husband. He said, I was a reverend. You know what she told me? He said, the husband was trying to see whether the wife was in my vehicle. That's why he was following me. Can you believe it? It's like the man is baffled that his wife has time for church and church work. And it beats his mind. And so his mind goes off into something else. Because when a woman is close to a man, the only thing you think about is one guru, one guru. You know one guru, one guru? <laughs> Then I saw that the guy is mad. That night, I, I, I declared the guy as a madman. I tell you. Who chases a bishop, a, a, a pastor around Georgetown in the night? Only a madman. Only a madman. <laughs> Husband, he says, he told his wife when he went to him, he said, I, want, I was checking to see whether you were in his vehicle at that time of the night. Because in his mind, it's like, the reason why she stays in church so long and so often, it's like it's like he, she and the pastor there. Can you believe it? Because people don't understand this scripture that there is even a scripture about being drawn. There were only twelve disciples, but there were a lot of people around in those days. Jesus chose twelve. It was when Judas left. That we saw that there were other guys around who were not drawn the way the 12 were drawn. And so it's God when He calls you into ministry, He's the one who also brings people your way divinely to lead you to fulfill your ministry. Are you not excited about that? Yeah, God bless you. Take your seat. Yeah. <laughs> The next thing, the next divine event is your desires. Your desires. Divine desires. Divine desires. Divine desires. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. Remember we read from the book of Philippians that desires will wish that the desires are, some desires are divine. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know um, how Pastor, you know, Pastor David Moore, you know, ended up here. I don't know the history, but I know him in, you know, I know him in town a little bit. The, 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 the fact that he has come here to do church, that, that desire alone, it's, it's divine. It's, it's something. It's something. It's something. To just, it's like there's something in your heart you want to do. And you have those things around. Sometimes you have a desire in your heart, you know what, I want to help the church. That's why I was trying to give out envelopes. Because sometimes people have the desire to do things. My sister, what's your name again? Amanda. 
Yes. My sister Amanda wants to do something more. That desire. desire. The Bible says that um, um, Philippians chapter, first Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office, office of a bishop, he desires a good work. Desire. 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 Feeling towards, strong feeling towards something. I mean, I, I want to. It's like it's in my heart to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. It, it, is, it is divine. There are divine desires that draws you to fulfill your calling and your ministry. Desire. Desire. Now, when I came into Guyana, I was very shocked. From where I came from, church is so strong and so imposing. If you come to Ghana, and, and, and August, by the grace of God, let's give thyself holy conference. That's a global conference in Ghana. And we want to extend invitation to all pastors who, who want to visit Ghana. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going, and I, I would like you to join. You know, if you have about, what, three, 350,000, we can go and come. Easy. I took, I went, when I was consecrated as a bishop, this is my pastor, my envelope pastor, was there with me. He was hosted in a, in a place. He was assigned a servant. He told me later, he asked me whether he can bring the boy with him to Guyana. <laughs> his shirt is pressed. His shirt is washed. Food is served. He said, no, 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 no. This is so nice. Ask me whether he can bring the person to Guyana. <laughs> he enjoyed life. Hallelujah. So we're going to go to Ghana in August. If you can make it, it will be a blessing. When I came to Guyana, I felt like, and I still feel it, something is wrong. And you can only understand what I'm saying if you have a taste, a little taste of the Ghana environment I'm talking about. In Ghana, you see, when you see um, digital signboard, the big ones, do, do you say GTNT big board signboards? Those signboards are pastors' faces on the signboard about their churches. So let's say you see like Mabura Junction, you see a big signboard like that, Reverend Aubrey Skeet. A light for the lost assembly of God. You, big picture. This program that we're doing, you see posters all over Maria. You can't miss it. That's how we do church from where I was born. Radio announcement, TV announcement. You can't say you didn't hear of the program. When I came into Guyana, nothing like that. I said, no, the place is too quiet. It looked too sleepy, sleepy. And it's true. Because if you look, if you come to Georgetown, or you, around the region 4, you see mosques and see Mandir, Hindu temples, they are more visible than churches. Man, Hindu temples are visible because they have these images. And then the mosque is also visible because of the, the little towers they have. And the churches are not visible. So when I'm saying that, let's give some money and let's support what is going on here. You may not even understand it. You are glad there's no Hindu temple here. Do we have Hindu temples here? We don't. Wow. So, which zombies do you have here? Maybe the Amerindians will have some 
traditional something. Oh, because they are very, they have a culture. So they will call their ancestors and forefathers. Do you have something like that? Serious marine spirits here. What the shock. I know them marine spirits. They should come tomorrow morning for deliverance. <laughs> what? You see, the Pastor Aubrey, he has the information. He has the information. Yeah. They are here. Even though you don't have Hindu temples, there are other versions that are here. And so, to me, Guyana was so cold, Christian-wise. That is when we had our first match for Jesus. I came in August 2005. The match for Jesus was in 2006 of June. It tells you how I, I wanted to change Guyana just in a twinkle of an eye. Then some pastors cut my legs. They said, who is that? African man, where did he come from? You can't allow him to come and take over. He's a foreigner. Nobody, nobody should go to the uh, match. 2007, nobody came. Then I said to myself, I'm going to stay in Mikana and mind my own business. And now I can learn from Moses, who at 40 years old decided to make himself a leader of the Jews, the Hebrews, to try and part them from fight, fighting. Whilst he killed an Egyptian, it was, it was, there was a desire to help them and to bring them together. And that desire backfired like my desire backfired in 2007. Until when he was 18 years old, God appeared to him in a burning bush and said, I have chosen you to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And so I related so much to Moses' life that God would tell me, bring pastors together. When pastors cut my legs in 2007, it's like Moses should go back and redeem the people when the people actually were the ones who have put him into trouble. It's, it's a desire because when I, when I came around, the feeling was, it's just very, for example, when we, when we pray, when we say all night prayer, when we say all night prayer, we all meet, not just leaders, all, all night is all night, not, we don't close at midnight, midnight is not all night, all night is from 9pm till 5am, and so when I call for prayer meeting in Easter Penitence, where they say we are disturbing, the whole church, we are praying from 9pm, Till 4 or 5 a.m. And now all of us will be speaking in tongues. How can you not hear me from your house? And we pray into the microphone because we believe also that there are, there are spirits in the atmosphere. And that, made, that gave me all kinds of problems. Police, this, all kinds of things. Bad name. They say the people are Obia people. Hear what they are doing. They are chanting. I'm an African man is brought from Obia. Kinds of things until one day I went, to, I went to the church, there were eggs and plantain in front of the church. <laughs> very, very fantastic because the way we do church, the demons can't relax. No, 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 it's in the night that demons plan. So, how can we sleep as Christians in the night? And if I'm doing it, then I'm going to lead my people to also do the same thing. So that desire to kind of spark a change, I believe that is what God has rewarded with this vision he has given me. Hallelujah. The same thing with Moses. Moses had a desire to see that the Hebrews were at peace and they were not held you know, as slaves and they were not mistreated. That desire is what made God call him when he was 80 years old to the Benny Bush to come back and deliver them. Desires can be very divine. 
When I got saved in Ghana, the church I got saved in, the pastor wasn't married. He was praying about his marriage. In Ghana too, we pray about our marriage. We just don't like people. We pray. <laughs> they say liking is a funeral parlor. They teach me in Guyana that liking is a funeral parlor. You pray about your marriage. You just don't like people. You like something that is not likable. So this pastor was praying concerning his marriage. And the Lord told him that a lady that a guy was dating is his wife. The pastor said, nah, don't don't do me that. Don't don't do me that. (laughs) And the Lord said, no, that is your wife. (laughs) So a lady that somebody is dating. Now, it may look very awkward, but it happens in the world, isn't it? Somebody snatch your, your, sis, your sister, your sister, and you snatch your sister's boyfriend from, her, from she. It doesn't happen. Yeah, it's your friend or your neighbor's boyfriend. As he comes to visit the girl, you, you winking at him like that. Say, I better than she. Mama's come here. I better. You're winking and you take. It happens. I won't be surprised if you are here that somebody took you away from somebody. <laughs> uh, when you laugh, I know it's real. <laughs> in close, I'm trying to close. So this pastor, upon you know the insistence of the Spirit of God, went to see the lady and told the lady that God says I should marry you. The lady started abusing the man, abusing the abuse, him stinking abuse. The pastor said, "I'm sorry," and he left. Not a week later, the woman come running by the pastor. Say, yes, I go marry you. I go marry you. I go marry you. Something was happening when the man left the woman. God, the, 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 the desire that which it was divine. So she had, she broke up with the person that she was dating, and came to the other pastor. A pastor and said, yes, yes, marry me. I propose to you to propose to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So some desires are divine. Finally, as we close, divine separation. Divine separation. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 8. Divine separation. Sometimes God takes you away from your normal environment into a different environment is divine. Sometimes we fight it. Your family say, man, we see you, man. Why you go so far? Why the church God do that to you? you really, can you not do the church here? Can you not do it? Why the church God send you so far? Who is the bishop? I want to meet the bishop. Why he send you so far? But the separation is divine. So you can focus on the ministry and fulfill it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. The, um, what? Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 8. At that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord to stand before the Lord to minister unto him and to bless in his name unto this day. It's God who took Levi out and said, you, your task is to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. 
and to stand before the Lord to minister unto him. Nobody had that privilege. No tribe, no human being had that privilege but Levi and his sons. Divine separation. Sometimes God will bring a separation. He will take you from your regular environment. He's done that to me. I was recently in Houston, Texas because uh, my father lost his first son uh, unfortunately and so we went for the funeral. And I realized, oh, a, a, a young man I grew up with lives in Houston. So I said, let me go and look for him. So whilst I was traveling, you know, I messaged him. I had this number on Facebook. I messaged him. He said, ah, he's very happy you know, that I'm, I'm coming to Houston and all of that. And we linked up after the funeral. We had like an hour or two together. You know, went to eat, laugh, reminisce, you know, the old days and all of that. And took me to his house. And then he dropped me off. And that was it. Now, for so many years, the people I grew up with, I don't have contact with them. Because I grew up from among a different class of people than the church that I, I, I joined. Like, when my wife, when I married my wife, she actually took me into a different group of people. Because I grew up in, let's say, like London. And I married my wife in a church in Georgetown. And because of that, my friends started in the Georgetown place. And all my lending people that I used to flow with, I forgot about them because everybody traveled, everybody here and there. As of today, some classmates, when they say, hey, Collins, I don't remember them. He said, you don't remember me? I said, I don't remember you. I said, oh, how? And sometimes just to avoid embarrassment, I say, yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't remember him. (laughs) So it happens. So don't fight those things when you are... Some, sometimes it's even you are separated to do just the cleaning work in the church. It's very interesting that God says, no, you are the one who will do this for the rest of your life. We have examples like Anna the prophetess in Luke chapter, Luke chapter 2 and Simeon also in Luke chapter 2. They were, Anna was separated. When her husband died, it's like you can't fall in love again. From today, you'll be fasting and praying in the temple. That's your job. Because some people, their husbands, they don't fall in love anymore. No matter who you are, no matter how much money you bring, they are separated for the things of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to respect my time. Shall we stand? My time is up. God bless you. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.